Welcome in to the newest episode of the Hot Hangout podcast. Glad to have you here joining us. We have just watched uh, yesterday at the time of this recording the potentially, arguably, we would perhaps both say the best episode of Ahsoka thus far to this point. We're going to be talking all about it in today's episode. It's going to be a blast breaking this one down. Uh, before we get to all that, of course, we have a typical little bit of news. But before we even get to that, Joey, what's going on? How you doing, dude? Oh, I am. It's been an exciting couple of uh, couple of days here. It was a lot of fun watching it with you. And the reaction video is out on YouTube if you all want to go watch it. But it was, uh, it was, a, it was a fun time. And also kind of been looking through the internet to see what other people thought of it too. And a lot of it is sharing the same sentiments as us. Yeah, comparing all the various theories is, is kind of fun. Seeing people like say this about Ahsoka or this about Balin, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. I didn't even consider that. That's just another example of kind of all the minds of the Star Wars community coming together to create some pretty cool fan theories. Um, as I said, we've got a little bit of news to discuss, but before we get into that, I do want to remind you that if you're not subscribed to the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel, definitely check us out there for each of those reaction videos that you just heard Joey mention as well as the video version of each of our weekly podcasts, which go live every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can also catch the audio versions of those podcasts on Apple and Spotify, where you can also leave a five-star review on each of those. We would very much appreciate that as well. And also check us out on the socials, including YouTube, but also TikTok, Instagram, and X. X. At <laughs> XX. <laughs> at Hoth Hangout on each of those. Uh, and we are starting to post some more shorts on the uh, on the socials as well. So check, it, uh, check us out there too. Well, uh, as we stated, we've got lots to discuss today. And again, before we get to the Ahsoka stuff, briefly, we want to do touch on a few pieces of news. Um, real briefly here. The first thing we wanted to talk about, I actually saw this on Twitter uh, at some point this week. And I was like, oh, that's cool. For those of you who perhaps might be gamers out there, you might be familiar with the brand Secret Lab. Uh, they are known for their quote-unquote gaming chairs. Uh, and this one here, if you're watching the video version of the podcast, you can see what it looks like on screen. But they have recently come out with, I guess, what are called skins for the chairs. It's essentially like a cover you put over the chair. And this one is the Star Wars official Ahsoka skin. Looks pretty cool. Uh, what do you think, Joey? I mean, I don't have a gamer chair, but... Now I want this particular chair so I can get this particular skin. You know how we are with uh, the Ahsoka stuff. Uh, soon to have her in Fortnite as well. But the yeah, to to see this and you know being the gamers that we are, you know this definitely gravitates towards us and would love to have it. But I don't I don't even want to know how much one of those chairs costs. To be honest with you, I, I look I, well. I looked up the price of the skin. I didn't even look up the price of the chair. Hmm. Uh, by the way, I sh we should also also mention that uh, producer Gibbo is not with us today. This is probably the point when he would be like looking it up in the background and sending <laughs> yeah. it to us. Uh, so Joey and I are flying duo instead of trio for today's episode. But uh, the skin alone is two hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, that is crazy. So this, but also, I make it makes sense. They're trying to capitalize on this. Yeah, the chair. I would just spitball. I'm probably undershooting by saying 500. I would, yeah, that's um, about where I was thinking too. 
So in total, if you're looking for the Ahsoka skin and a Secret Lab gaming chair, you're you're gonna drop maybe even close to a grand. We don't even know how much the chair is for certain, but the skin is two hundred bucks. So yeah, that is wow. Just for that, yeah, you're right. Looks like the Secret Lab Titan Evo, which I think that's that particular model, uh, goes for. Five hundred nineteen dollars. So wow, I just yeah. threw that number out there, kind of like thinking yep. it'd be around there. But that was a good guess. Yeah, that was a very good guess. So what are we looking at? Like seven hundred eighteen dollars officially. Yeah, right. With the uh, but plus tax. Yeah, you're looking at about three quarters of a of a grand right there. Big purchase there. But hey, if you love Ahsoka and you love yep. Star Wars, you got to show off your uh, uh, gamer Ahsoka styles. Yeah, this might be the the chair for you. But yeah, pretty cool. It looks awesome. Uh, you know, if I ever have a, a spare seven fifty to, to burn, <laughs> I know what it's going towards. Right. Uh, additionally, the episode directors, uh, which we've known for a little bit, but also more importantly, well, I don't know if I should say more importantly. Uh, additionally, we know the runtimes for both episodes four and five now, or episode five, I should say. Episode four was the one we just watched. Uh, episode four. Directed by Peter Ramsey. Again, if you're watching the video version of the podcast, there's uh, images of both Episode 4's director, uh, Peter Ramsey, and also, of course, Episode 5 directors. Episode 5's director, Dave Filoni, uh, perhaps the man who needs no introduction, but uh, Peter Ramsey, for those that don't know, also directed, I believe it was the uh, 6th or 7th, or no, 5th episode of the third season of The Mandalorian. And if you're wondering which episode was that, I know it was the one where Zeb appears at the uh, little cantina. That's so. all that you need to say. Yes, yes. That's that's when Twitter spoiled that for me, if you remember. <laughs> Joey was upset with that spoiler, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he returns making his, I think, only second, uh, second directorship of an episode of anything, at least in terms of Star Wars. Uh, and... Man, did he blow us away with this episode. This guy's got to return for some Ahsoka yeah, season two. I agree. And season four. And um, we we come to find out he was actually one of the pilots in this episode as well. Yep. From uh, when they were, when we'll talk about a little bit later, when Hera and her squadron go to, over to Sito's uh, against the wishes of the New Republic. But um, he was one of the pilots as well. I think that's also one of Star Wars' coolest traditions is that maybe it was started by George Lucas, but there seems to be this tradition of directors appearing in the episodes as like right. these sort of background characters. Yeah. Kind of a fun little neat thing they do. Um, and then, of course, episode five's runtime, episode four's was almost 40 minutes, about 38 and a half minutes. You're looking at over 46 minutes yep. for episode five. I think it's actually including the credits closer to 50. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, okay. So this yeah, is so, 46 minutes of core content. Right, right. Which is great. This is about the length. I think this is longer than every episode we've had so far besides the first episode. Mm-hmm. I'm fine so with it. We're, we're looking at a long episode. It's It's been rumored kind of the past month or two that this is going to be, I, mainly because Dave is directing it. I think that's why people assume it's going to be the biggest and best episode of the season. Uh, but man, with Dave at the helm of this show, it's been great so far. I think it's fair to say that the majority of the Star Wars fan base has kind of seen this show as the pinnacle of uh, post-film era Star Wars, if we want to call it that. Maybe, maybe post, uh, you know, post 
Disney acquisition of Lucasfilm, even right. maybe the best thing Disney has produced so far since acquiring the Star Wars uh, franchise. So very high praise for Dave Filoni, and I'm, it's probably only going to get better after next week's episode, too. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping, and I, I've seen so many tweets and messages saying, thank you, Dave, thank you, Dave, for, for this, and where you didn't really necessarily see that for all the other uh, shows and all that. But yeah, Dave, Dave's the man, and we are... Can't wait to see episode five next week also. Yep. And we'll be there to record our reaction to it. Actually, we should mention, uh, I'm going to go slightly out of order of our podcast notes, just because the next thing I want to talk about news-wise relates to episode five. Um, it is releasing across the country in like 10, 10 different theaters um, in some larger cities across the U.S. a whole hour before it premieres on Disney Plus next Tuesday. So if you are Eastern time zone and you normally watch it, I believe it would be at 9 p.m. for, for the mm -hmm. people on the East Coast. Um, there are theaters on the East Coast where it will be premiering at 8 p.m. Right. So if you are like just an uber Star Wars fan and you live, or maybe even if you don't live, in one of these cities, uh, and I believe it's through AMC theaters, this, this mm -hmm. promotion that's being put on, um, you can go and watch the episode an hour earlier than well, everyone else in the world. Yeah, well, if you have already bought your tickets, they're all That's sold true. out. They're all sold out. Oh, did they officially sell out already? <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, I should say crazy. I should say the one here in Chicago has sold out. I went I went to take a look like in it this was like hours after the tweet came out and I went to go look and it was completely sold out. So, they're gone already? I'm going to guess that a good portion by the time of this release of this podcast, I would assume <laughs> I would assume that they're all gone in all the 10 theaters. See, I was looking at the list of cities and, you know, it's it's like you know, Chicago, Boston, like L.A., you know, all these bigger cities. And I'm looking at the list. I'm like, man, Joey, if he had a ticket, could realistically go to this. I, I would have to drive like probably five hours to get to the closest yeah. one. So, yep. Um, Sad. Hey, maybe, maybe, if, me. If, maybe if they put more tickets out, who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a, kind of a cool thing they're doing. What do you what do you mm -hmm. think about this, by the way? Just the fact that they're releasing it as a midseason season premiere in theaters almost that's a lot of hype i mean yeah th th i mean i would assume that they know that this is going to be the biggest episode of the season by by doing something like this if if they don't do one for the finale let's say you know so there is a, a, a large amount of hype around this i hope it comes through i hope you know everything goes well as far as the content that is provided in this episode but yeah this is this is pretty cool i i've I've mentioned in previous episodes that this feels like a movie. You know, some of these episodes feel like movies. So imagine yeah. some of these space fights, some of these lightsaber duels in on the big screen. I think I think it's just a slam dunk easily. Yeah, even the, the promotional poster, if you're watching the video version of the pod, you can so see it good. on the screen. It's just, you know, you knew that they were going to like hype up this episode five after the end of season or of uh, the end of episode four. They were going to hype up episode five after the end of episode four that we got um, just, you know, with the Anakin stuff. We'll be talking about that here in a bit as well, but um, just just a pretty cool promotional poster. And it, it makes me pretty excited for next week. Absolutely. I need to get my hands on this poster is all I'm thinking about. Oh, yeah. I wonder how much that's going for. <laughs> yeah. if the, I wonder if they're like giving those out at the theater. I'd be so sad if uh, <laughs> if that's what the case is. That'd be cool if it was like included in the price of admission. Mm -hmm. that'd be pretty neat well again this is 
So there's so much to be excited about. And uh, before we officially start talking about the fourth episode that we just watched uh, as of uh, yesterday, we watched it. Uh, we do want to say one last thing in regards to news, and this is more uh, on a personal level for, for both the both of us. Um, it is officially almost the one-year anniversary of the Hoth Hangout podcast. Uh, the episode that you are listening to now is episode 48, and our 50th episode will actually take place, I believe, the day prior to our official one-year anniversary. So uh, episode 50 of the Hoth Hangout podcast, not next week, but the following week, when we will be breaking down the, uh, what would it be, the... Uh, sixth, sixth episode. Sixth, yeah. the sixth episode of Ahsoka uh, will be our fiftieth episode and one year anniversary. So, in honor of that, we wanted to uh, kind of reach out to all of you who are listening, and first of all, say thank you so much for uh, listening to just you know two guys who love Star Wars <laughs> talk about Star Wars because it's something that we all love together. Of, uh, it's a pretty fun opportunity. We've got to you know interact with people who we've met through the process of making this podcast and. Uh, again, it's just fun to partake in something that we all kind of have a passion for and, and uh, we enjoy and ultimately that we love. So uh, first of all, thank you for listening. Uh, whether this is the first time you listen to our podcast or whether you've listened for a year, uh, we appreciate each of you. And uh, secondly, we want to also ask that if you want to submit us things, we would like to do some form of like a mailbag segment for as part of our uh, 50th episode for the one year anniversary of the podcast. So. Having said that, there are, I guess, two, maybe perhaps even more than two main methods of uh, asking us these questions. First of all, we do have the hothhangout at gmail.com email. If you want to shoot us any questions, uh, any theories towards that email prior to the 50th episode of Hoth Hangout, uh, we would more be more than happy if you would do that, and then we'll talk about them on the podcast. Uh, we'll make sure to give credit where credit is due, depending upon the uh, whoever submits each of those questions or theories you can also tweet at us or even you know message us on instagram uh either one of those work as options if you've got questions you can ask us through either of those avenues as well again you can find us at hoff hangout on all the socials so um you know think about some questions think about some theories if you feel like sharing them we just say hi just say hi or just say hi yeah <laughs> yeah honestly even if it's just a message that's like hey What's going on? We love Star Wars too. That's 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 cool to us. So that's right. Uh, we would we would very much appreciate any uh, messages and and just want to say again, thank you for for such an awesome first year making this podcast. Did you have anything you wanted to add before we talk about? Uh, I can't believe episode? like fifty weeks. I can't believe we've done this fifty times. <laughs> I mean, that means we just missed two weeks of uh, of making a podcast episode, but we've filled in with other shorts or you know um reaction videos and stuff like that so it's been it's been a lot of fun but yeah more to more to come on the uh, 50th episode for us yeah that is kind of crazy we've only missed two weeks in the past year that's 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 not bad joey that's right, not bad yeah. <laughs> i haven't even i haven't even done that for work you know what i mean so <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um again it's been a fantastic first year and here's to uh the second year beginning here in just a few short weeks and and to the many, many more episodes we hope to record for uh, the Hot Hangout podcast. Thank you for everyone listening, for being along for the ride. And on that note, uh, we can shift gears towards talking about 
uh, what we've all joined here today to yeah. discuss the fourth episode of Ahsoka. Uh, if you've seen our reaction video, again, you can watch it on the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel. If you've seen our reaction video to the fourth episode, I think you understand how Joey and I already feel about this episode. <laughs> uh, this was, I think we can, there's no need to kind of leave this up to debate later on. This was, I think, both of our favorite episodes of the season so far. We'll give it a grade at the end of today's podcast. Uh, but just real generally, what was your largest or biggest takeaway from this episode, or what did you think about it as a whole? I, When I was watching it again, uh, after we had watched it, all I could think of was like, this is Star Wars. This is all of... Th there's no trying to figure out like with Andor there was a lot of like you know this doesn't feel like Star Wars it's a really good show but this you know there was no lightsabers there wasn't a lot of force users things like that all the things we love so much lightsabers space space battles all that stuff was in this episode so easily my favorite episode of the of the season so far yeah uh, real briefly, you mentioned like the action stuff related to Andor uh, being perhaps a reason that people didn't like Andor as much as some of the other Star Wars content is that it felt more slow paced and it was like, oh, there's no lightsabers in this show. Right. Now, that was potentially a turnoff for some people. I was talking to some people actually tonight uh, who are Star Wars fans and uh, also listen to the podcast from time to time. Nice. And um, <laughs> one of one of the the boys who's uh, about 12 mentioned uh, he was like, because he hadn't seen the fourth episode yet, and he knew I had. Okay. So he was like, how was it? I was like, it was my favorite episode. Nice. And then he said, is it like, is there action in this one? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, I, I totally get that sentiment from people that, you know, they're drawn more towards stuff that's like, you know, they want to see lightsabers. That's kind of what Star Wars is. Well, let's, be, you know. let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. And while we love shows like Andor, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, you know, Andor is something that can't be enjoyed the same way Ahsoka is, but um, there is that added element of having like these awesome lightsaber duels that we got in this episode, right. where you're just like, man, that that is that is Star Wars to me and yes. to probably a lot of people. Um, I guess we can break our way down through the episode if that's cool with you. Unless you had any more thoughts you wanted to add to the overview part of things. No, let's get it started. All right, so. They open up on this planet. I think we incorrectly, as we were doing the reaction, we we thought it was, uh, I can't even remember the name of the planet that we thought it was. Right. But then at the end of the episode, when they say it's CTOS, we're like, oh, that's where we are. That yeah, makes more we sense. Forgot, we forgot the name. <laughs> so they uh, they open up on CTOS and Ahsoka, uh, the ship is still down and we open with Hu Yang, or perhaps it's even Sabine uh, in that first scene, who's, mm -hmm. someone is attempting to fix the ship. Yeah, it's Hu Yang, and, yeah. I, yeah. Um, and then there ultimately is this conversation shortly thereafter between uh, Ahsoka and Sabine, which is kind of a difficult conversation. And I think, I, I don't remember which one of us it was who said it during, uh, but it was kind of this sense of, well, ultimately what Ahsoka is saying to Sabine is that if it comes down to it and we need to destroy the map, like, and if that's what we have to do to prevent Thrawn from returning, you know, we also lose Ezra in that process. But that's, you know, a sacrifice we might have to be willing to make. 
And you can kind of see the uneasiness that Sabine has with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when she says that. But it reminded me a lot of kind of how it felt of, with Obi-Wan talking to Luke in some of the original trilogy. Uh, mm -hmm. What did you think? And, and this is, I think, a larger topic of the episode. But what did you think about Ahsoka and Sabine's dynamic with each other in this episode? Because it's very different at the beginning of the episode compared to where we end up at, at the end of it. I think they, they are constantly learning from each other. You know, episode by episode, they they have a moment of just kind of butting heads or mm -hmm. having like conflicting thoughts. And by the end of it, they were kind of, you know, together as far as, you know, what the what the goal is, what they need to do. But in this one, you know, we'll talk a little about a little bit about it later. But, you know, we didn't necessarily go that way where Ahsoka and Sabine were on the same exact page on, you know, how to move forward. But I think with each episode, you kind of see the, you know, the teacher student dynamic, you know, over and over again. They keep reiterating it. And with Ahsoka saying things like, you know, can I count on you? You know, like things like mm -hmm. that, just to make sure that she, she, you know, Sabine is all all in. But as you mentioned, you know, it's it's not for it's not completely all in. She definitely has some thoughts against of what you know what she wanted to say what what uh, sabina said i mean what uh, ahsoka has said you know and one of the things she said if we can't make the journey to find ezra then no one should i mean that's mm -hmm. pretty you know that's pretty uh <laughs> uh that's pretty one-sided we know it's either all or none there and sabine did not like that at all and i understand obviously this is this is someone she's called her family for so long and and to know that they're this close. I mean, basically they're this close to possibly finding him or being in the, in a situation where they could be around him again. I mean, I get the, I, I get the hesitation there. So I don't know. I just really enjoyed these two, uh, the, the acting of these two, you could see that the more and more this season goes on, the more and more comfortable, uh, these two actors are really, uh, the chemistry is really building on, on each episode. So I, I'm really enjoying it right now. Yeah, they have the two actresses have great chemistry together. And I, I think I want to ask you, because I, I feel a certain way about their relationship during this scene in particular. How do you feel about particularly Ahsoka when when she is telling Sabine, um, you know, we might have to leave Ezra behind? How does that make you feel specifically about Ahsoka? Because for me it almost endears me to Sabine because you want to feel empathetic that, you know, she wants to find Ezra and she's like not willing to sever that tie. If she needs, if she, you know, if the situation presents itself, is it, what I'm really asking is, does it make you feel like Ahsoka in some way is kind of cold to this or that she, this is just like Ahsoka being kind of a stoic Jedi figure who knows that she has to do something that might be hard. This is the part that I kind of struggle with is because, as you know, like growing up with Ahsoka, this cut, this wasn't really her, how, mm -hmm. how she would approach this. Right. A previous Ahsoka would definitely go after Ezra, you know, mm -hmm. in, in my eyes. I, I think that's, that's what, that's where one of her priorities would be. But like you said, you know, she's more of a stoic figure, more of a Jedi type of figure, but she's not a Jedi. We've talked about this already. So I feel like she's kind of drawing that line pretty hard, uh, knowing that kind of her history as well as her um, 
Yeah, mainly, yeah, mainly because of her history. That this isn't quite exactly what I would expect for her, from her, but is it because of all those years has passed? She's kind of in this teacher role now. She feels that you know this is what she needs to do. Um, so, I, like I said, I kind of struggle with exactly the motivation here. I mean, I get it. You know, it it makes sense for the story, but for this particular character in Ahsoka, I'm not sure I I can get on completely on board with it. Yeah, I I don't even. I mean, I was posing the question, and I don't even know what my own answer is. To be honest <laughs> with you, uh, I I, it, I definitely feel for Sabine because you understand, mm-hmm. you know, her motivations, and you you want her to find Ezra. Um, so the fact that she might have to let that go is is hard. It's a hard pill to swallow, uh, and, and you you actually see you know, how it's a hard pill to swallow when she's confronted with that decision at the end of the episode, which of course we'll talk about here in a few minutes, but um, just something I thought was interesting. It, mm-hmm. It's definitely, as you mentioned, the character of Ahsoka, while it feels like a more mature character uh, and a character that understands the importance of these decisions, even if it means, uh, as she says later on, you know, if if they have to sacrifice personal feelings, um, it still, it still is a tough dynamic oh, yeah. between her and Sabine. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't know if that's part of the being he, her teacher. She has to be that that voice of reason, quote unquote reason, um, like to to a fault where it's it's almost to the, way on the other side, you know. Right. Uh, but like I said, I, I I really do like this because you know because that's what art is. That is what these shows are supposed to do: make you have these thoughts, these conversations. And be like, you know, what do we, what is her motivation to do this? Obviously, we understand Sabine's, but um, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of wild to see this evolution of Ahsoka in this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a fun journey to be on to kind of see like the rebellious snips right? become the, the stoic, you know, Jedi who, or not really Jedi, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean. This stoic Jedi-like figure who is so determined to do. What is necessary, even if it means sacrificing, you know, someone she cares about. Uh, that that journey is just really interesting because we see it with several characters in Star Wars. But, mm-hmm. anyways, so something to I I would be shocked if there is not some level of reversal in that. Uh, oh, sure. Throughout sure. the next few episodes, and and depending on how things go with Anakin, whether Ahsoka comes out from that interaction you know, feeling like she's being too much of that mm-hmm. Obi-Wan to Luke-like figure, mm-hmm. where, you know, doing the right thing, even if it means, like, sacrificing personal feelings, like, yes, that's the Jedi way, but... Um, not a Jedi. Not a Jedi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worth noting. At the mean, at the same time, when all of this is going on, uh, Balin and Morgan and Shin and Marak are together getting the map sort of ready and in place. Um, and Balin, in order to stall uh, Ahsoka and Sabine and Huyang, sends both Shin and Marak after them because he figures the droids probably aren't going to do the trick, which, by the way, we should mention the droids. Uh, Huyang, not not a bad fighter, Huyang. Yeah, I thought, yeah, he, I, yeah. I, I thought he was going to pull up. I thought he was going to pull out the four arms at one point. Oh, that would have been awesome. It didn't quite happen, yeah. Uh, and then, actually, this happens chronologically before Ahsoka delivers the line to Sabine where she says, 
Uh, sometimes we have to do what's right, regardless of our personal feelings. And, and Sabine in this moment kind of, she seems receptive to the, this, this idea. Um, maybe not verbally receptive, but right. <laughs> she's like, she, she understands what, what Ahsoka is telling her. And even later on in the episode, she, she goes as far as to say, you know, can I trust you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's she says yes but as we see yeah. later in the episode so. <laughs> yeah uh, so anyways right after this occurs of course there is the fight between hu yang and the assassin droids which eventually in turn leads to ahsoka and sabine joining the fight against the droids uh they make quick work of them this is i think this is the first lightsaber fight we actually see in the episode mm-hmm. or technically not a lightsaber fight but use of lightsabers in the episode uh, there was a cool point in this montage that I pointed out to you in the reaction where Ahsoka is like fighting multiple assassin droids at the same time with one lightsaber. She's got it like stuck in the droids uh, head and like deflecting blaster bullets with right, the other. Yeah, and she's yeah. just holding the lightsaber. Yeah. And then she uses the force push on one of them. Yeah. That yeah. Was, yeah. That was pretty, uh, it's pretty bad. That's, that, <laughs> that's yeah. these, these are the types of things that made me smile. Yes. Yes, as uh, another to to quote another sports reference because you and I are both uh, sports fans. He's he's a, a bad man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shout out Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> right. Uh, right after this, that yeah, we wanted to make a note of this funny Ahsoka <laughs> smile. This was, I think, in a conversation with Hu Yang and Sabine right after mm-hmm. uh, finishing off the last of the assassin droids. I think this is the moment when Hu Yang says, stick together, like, you two are better that way, sort of thing. Right, she, yeah. You know, they both sort of, like, uh, crack a smile and chuckle. So. I think this might be the first Ahsoka smile that we've had in the in the series, too. I you don't know, remember... it, it just might be. Just, like, a genuine smile, yeah. Right, yeah. And, yeah. You, know, like, you know, again, the Ahsoka of old, that's kind of... I don't know if she actually ever smiled, but she always had a, a more, less stoic type of personality. So right. to kind of see that inner child or something come out of her, you know, is a little yeah. refreshing. Yeah, the smile feels almost more contrary to her personality now that she's right, older. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, meanwhile, during this entire period, Hera is uh, against the wishes of the higher ups out of just, I believe it's one of the other commanders. I wish I could remember his name, uh, but says like, you're Hawkins? just going to leave. I think it was Hawkins. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. He says something to the effect of, you're just going to leave? And she's like, yep, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> or you can't leave. Watch me. Watch me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and takes pull, a, pulling ranks once again. Yeah. Yeah, she's got the five five buttons instead of the one that he yeah. has. Right. Uh, she takes Jason with him. They're headed to CTOS and goes along with one of your favorite. Captain Carson, <laughs> let's go. Captain Carson Teva. <laughs> what, what, what was going through your mind when you saw his appearance? Well, because he, she said his name before we got to see him, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even it didn't even register. I I think the the way my mind went because we saw the first thing I saw was the ghost, the ghost ship, and I'm like, oh, cool. And then we saw the ghost ship was surrounded by X-wing fighters. I'm like, oh, so she got a little squadron together, cool. And then she started talking on the uh, talking on comms, and then mentioned you know Carson, thanks for coming or something I'm like. Whoa, whoa. So and I was like, yes, Captain Carson's here. I'm so happy. I know we mentioned before in a couple episodes ago when we were just talking about the epi- the Ahsoka series of 
of people who we wanted to be on uh, the the series that you know I I don't I can't believe I didn't think of him I forgot he was around so yeah this I'm I'm super happy that we got our uh, our famous Captain Carson here for anyone that is perhaps a recent uh, newcomer to the Hot Hangout podcast or just you know doesn't know who Captain Carson Teva is do you want to give your like thirty second yeah <laughs> uh, like reasoning for why you enjoy him so, so much? he is the same actor that plays Appa in Kim's Convenience it was a Canadian uh, show uh, that followed like a, a Korean Canadian family who owned like a convenience store and it's absolutely one of my favorite shows of all time so to have him and I I follow him on uh, on Twitter or X or whatever and for a long time you know he he is part of the, I, th- I believe he's part of the 501st so he like does all the cosplay and stuff like that so he's been a really big fan of Star Wars for a long time and of course, we're all like, you know, it would be awesome if you can get in Star Wars. And then he pops up as Captain Carson. <laughs> was it in The Mandalorian? Was that the first time we had seen him, I believe? I I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. So to, to see him um, in in Star Wars was so happy. So whenever I see, uh, his name is Paul, whenever I see him on in a Star Wars, I just get so excited and so happy. You you were pretty pumped again. If you haven't seen our reaction episode uh, from the fourth episode of Ahsoka, again it's posted on YouTube, and you can check out like roughly a third of the way through. And when, when he mm-hmm. comes on screen, Joey is like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> yeah, I think I think we got our new shorts uh, YouTube yeah, yeah. short coming on there for that one. There we go. Yeah, be on the lookout for the Captain Carson <laughs> YouTube short coming. Uh, you know, so so Hera takes the squadron, including Captain Carson Teva. Uh, to Sitos in order to help Ahsoka and Sabine against the wishes of the higher-ups. And then cut to the next scene, and we get this really interesting exchange of dialogue between, uh, I believe it's Morgan and Balin. Uh, And a lot of what Morgan says to Balin, they haven't had a ton of interchange dialogue between the two of them in the last episode or two, but it's usually just one or two lines back and forth. Uh, and this episode, it was something to the effect of, uh, uh, was this the experience quote? I want to say where was that in episode three? Now, am I no, conflating it was, to it? No, it was it was this episode too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She says, "Is that fear I sense in your voice?" Uh, and he says, "No experience." Mm-hmm. And then later on, he also says, uh, or she says to him, "Faith, like have faith." Yeah. Something along those lines, and he says, "Faith." I lost that a long time ago. Yeah. And there was this just really ominous tone to the way right. he said it. I want to uh, know he, more about this guy. This is the most interesting character to me in the show. Because uh, he has a shrouded past. You know he was a Jedi, but you don't know what went down, you know, between Order 66 and now. And you just want to... Same thing with Shin, but really, for me, more so Balin, because he's, you know, the master in this situation. Yeah. You want to understand... Why? That's like with these with these characters that have all this mystery surrounding them, you just want to know more about who they are and why they do what they do. And so personally for me at this moment in the show, it's cool to see Ahsoka. While I'm excited to see Thrawn, Balin is the character that I most want to know more about in general. Well, to be fair, we know quite a bit already about Ahsoka, quite a bit already about Thrawn. (laughs) You know Sabine and everybody, so you know he he's a new character, and I mean look at that beard. I mean come on, uh, how do you not? 
he looks like the most interesting man in the world. You know, the, he the, does kind of look like that guy from those commercials. Was yeah. that Dos Equis? Was that the one? Yeah, yeah. Not sponsored, by the way. <clears throat> Not sponsored. <laughs> oh, man. We, we should also mention again, um, you know, Ray Stevenson tragically passing away after the conclusion of filming of, of the first season of Ahsoka. Um, so while it's a little bit uncertain what the future of this character holds, uh, we are forever grateful uh, to Ray for, for giving us this final performance of his career and such an amazing one at that. So it's uh, really something to be said for, for Ray Stevenson's performance in the role of Balin. Absolutely. Uh, and then fast forward to the next scene in the episode, we get perhaps, I would say, the coolest lightsaber fight since we saw Anakin and Obi-Wan duke it out on Mustafar. That's my personal opinion. Wow, I don't okay. know. I don't know how you feel about that uh, statement, mm-hmm. but I, I think I enjoyed this lightsaber duel. This was my favorite lightsaber duel since 2005. Wow, that's pretty big. Yeah. So yeah. You, I know you have a, don't you have a YouTube short of like favorite lightsaber fights? You're you going to bump this all the way up there. Ooh, you gotta update I that one. do that. Yes, <laughs> you're right. I, I, and it's, I, I almost want to like couple this with the Balin versus Ahsoka fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe that's a little bit unfair. <laughs> but before we talk about Balin and Ahsoka, we should also talk about uh, Ahsoka and Sabine going up against Shin and Barak. Now, preface this. Let me preface this fight. Coming into episode four, like every recommended video, every recommended Star Wars video that I was seeing on YouTube was like, who is Maroc? Mm-hmm. Here's why he's Starkiller. Here's why he's, <laughs> he's Ezra. You know, Ezra. Here's why he's blah, blah, blah. You know, it was like all these theories about who is this Maroc? You know, he's had two lines in the whole show. Why? Like, what's his motive? Why is he helping him? Uh, you know, this, first of all, the lightsaber fight was incredible. Uh, Maroc at one point, you know, they split off Shin and Sabine, Maroc and Ahsoka, and then Maroc uh, begins to spin the yes. Inquisitor like lightsaber. Um, and you're like, you know, Ahsoka almost pulls this. It had very samurai like vibes, mm-hmm. uh, kind of Obi Wan esque as well. But you know, puts the lightsaber above her head and just like calmly waits. And then as soon as Maroc lunges, there's this split second of like, you don't really see it too well, but you notice that like he just stops. Right. And you pretty quickly realize, man, she just like sliced him in the abdomen sort of thing. Right. Uh, And more interestingly, what follows is this character who there was this, you know, sense of secrecy around and just uncertainty. uh, Green. What what we would perceive as like Dathomirian magic, the same mm-hmm. magic that uh, that Morgan Elsbeth used on the map, and you know this this Dathomir witch magic that we see Mother Townsend use in the Clone Wars series, we see it just burst forth from his stomach, <laughs> implying that he's just like an undead Dathomirian. I guess um, we don't even really know if Maroc is his name or not. I guess not if you yet. you know we don't really know who this person was. I get the sense we won't get a lot more information on this um so i ask i pose two questions to you first of all what did you think about the lightsaber fight in general um <laughs> uh, second of all do you think we'll revisit Maroc, or do you this think this will just be like a remnant of the past uh moving forward with ahsoka so what's better than one lightsaber duel 
two at the same time. Two at the same time. <laughs> you know, you've got the more masterful Ahsoka and Marak battling at it. And as you said, you know, it ends with a nice little slice. Reminds me of two things, actually. Reminds me of in Rebels when Obi-Wan and Darth Maul fight for the last time. Kind mm. of very standoffish, yeah. you know, kind of the samurai battle type of deal. And with one, you know, fell swoop, it's over, you know. Now, there was a lot more fighting before this for Ahsoka and Marak, but, um, but the ending blow was kind of the same way. Just kind of, just kind of happened, you know. Uh, and the second thing it reminded me of is in her, uh, episode, last episode in Tales of the Jedi, when she was going up against that Inquisitor, um, in the, uh, in the middle of the fire, same type of thing where I I feel if we, we watched our reactions from episode four of Ahsoka and that episode of Tales of the Jedi, probably pretty similar (laughs) how we reacted to, uh, to how she took them out. So that was, that was a lot of fun. So and on the other side, with Sabine and Shin going at it as well, I thought that that was just, uh, you know, again, not quite as masterful, but I thought it was a pretty decent fight, you know, as far as um, the lightsaber work that they were doing. And I don't know, I was just, I was, I was smiling ear to ear for sure for both of the, for both of those fights. Um, but to your question about Morocco, are we going to revisit that? I don't think so. I think, I think this is kind of where we leave off with Morocco. And their story, at least in this series. Now, will there be more information? Will there be an Ahsoka, you know, behind the scenes type of thing? Or, you know, a visual dictionary entry for them? Probably. But I don't I don't think we revisit Morak's story here uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I would agree. I just, I think the thing that it does, though, there seems to be lingering questions now. Like, is Morgan Elsbeth the one that created him presumably she would be and if that's the case why was Morak serving Balin and Shin almost more than Morgan mm-hmm. Elsbeth it seemed like in the first few episodes the second question I would have is if this is something that Morgan Elsbeth you know conjured mm-hmm. um why couldn't she just do it again or multiple times you know or is there some sort of limit to the amount of power she's able to you know I have all these questions about how the Dathomirian magic works, and right. I, I would assume, like you said, we probably aren't going to get too much into that. Uh, but I hope there is, in some way, like some sort of tying the the knot on the bow to the Barak uh, story. Mm-hmm. But that remains to be seen. I, I think more so, we're going to probably focus on the world between worlds stuff and Thrawn. Right, yeah. So this might not even be readdressed, and like right, you said, yeah. it might be something we talk about I, in other other sources. After I think the show. I think Maroc is the Captain Phasma of this series. Oh, that's actually a great uh, you know, great call like out. Like the really cool character, you yeah. know, really dope uh, armor and everything, and got a cool lightsaber, and you know, got a lot of questions, and then kind of just disappears, and unfortunately. You know, I mean, Captain Phasma did end up getting a book, so at least we got that. But yeah, um, the book is great. Too. The book is good. Yeah, so hopefully something similar for Maroc and and uh, the uh, Junior Knights of Ren. You know <laughs> that, <laughs> that we've uh, we've established earlier. But yeah, I, I, as far as this series, I think the that Maroc story is over. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's probably good for the direction of the show, but it yeah. also makes me sad because I thought it was going to be like 
more than it was. Mm -hmm. It's like having something behind a curtain. It's like the Wizard of Oz scenario. It's like, whoa, that's Oz. You know, that's the Wizard of Oz. And then you look behind the curtain, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, (laughs) right. But anyways. Well, uh, after we figure out Maroc is just, you know, a almost like this undead Dathomirian during the Shin and Sabine portion of the fight, there is this glimpse of a moment where Sabine is in distress and then she like uses the force presumably is what it looks like right even if it's for like this split instant Mm -hmm. um that you're like oh you know maybe she is like a little bit force sensitive right how did you feel about the way they did that because it's just i think that was a major concern of people going into the ahsoka show that they were going to make sabine out to be this like more powerful person than she was in rebels Mm -hmm. Um, but i think They've done a pretty good job of making it kind of understood that there is just different levels of force sensitivity. And while it can be like trained and practiced, there is also like a major talent component to it. Right. Uh, to put it to put it in Ahsoka's words. <laughs> right. You know, and Sabine, while she might lack that natural talent or ability to connect with the force, it's like kind of inside everyone at some level. And you can almost like call upon it in a moment's distress, even if it's in like these minute increments, kind of like she did. How did you feel about the way they chose to do that scene? I think they're, they're doing this perfectly where, you know, it's not a easily, I'm going to be able to move this cup. I'm not going to be able to pick up this lightsaber in the middle of a battle. And I mean, you saw that she does have those fighting skills. She was able to hold her own much, much better this time with Shin. Um, but unfortunately was able, was, uh, kind of overcome by her power eventually. But yeah, I, and the way they shot that, it it seemed like Shin reacted to it, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I'm, again, I'm assuming that, you know, Sabine was trying to get her lightsaber back and it looked like Shin kind of looks to the side and pushes it back down. That's kind of my interpretation of it. So Mm -hmm. if, if. Shin felt that she was able to actually move it even just a little bit. Uh, Shin reacted, you know, Shin reacted to that move. So I would assume that maybe just a little bit, maybe, you know, if it was a little, you know, five centimeters or whatever, uh, I think it's enough to prove that, yes, this is something that can be learned. You know, the force does flow between, you know, through all of us. So if this is something that can she can do, then... Maybe, like you said, just in minute little little increments, and no, I I think they're doing fine with it, you know, and and not to bash against anything that we've learned about Sabine up until this point, but you know, this is her story going forward, you know, and you know, she was trained by Ahsoka for a time, and now she's kind of under her wing again, so you know, anything can happen, and but she's not she is not a Luke Skywalker, she is not a Rey where, you know, you just automatically pick up these things um, or are much better with these, you know, with these talents, like 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 they've said. But to have her, you know, kind of struggle, I kind of like that, to have her kind of struggle through this process, yeah. I think it makes her more relatable, more real. Yeah. I think I totally agree with you. And I think they do a great job of that in this show in general, making the characters seem a little bit more relatable and more real. I think another great example of that is actually Balin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think with Balin, 
I think I noted this while we were doing our reaction, actually. You're so used to, not just in Star Wars, but in a lot of, like, popular media, uh, when it, like, like, take anything Marvel, for example. Right. Like, there is a good guy, and there is a bad guy. And more often than not, the bad guy just kind of has evil motives for the sake of evil motives. I mean, there's exceptions to that, but, right. you know, more broadly, that's kind of like the formula that is followed for a lot of these things. And I think that's why I love Balin so much, is that mm -hmm. he really thinks what he's doing is right. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, and you, you know, you can even say, like, uh, like, this is very different from how Vader behaves in the original trilogy. Like, you know, initially Vader is doing this, uh, you know, out of a love for Padme. And then that kind of just turns into uh, anger, which turns to hate, which turns to suffering. Yeah. Right. So um, all that to say, Balin doesn't really feel like he's doing this out of a sense of hate, per se. He's more so right. doing it because he feels like it's the best option, even if it might not be in line with his pre it's definitely not in line with his previous jedi views which again to, uh, they just they they are creating these characters that are not you know they're not easily understood which i think makes for a better show because it provides more intrigue and anyway so ahsoka and balan both both being done fantastically in that regard uh, and speaking of Balin, the following scene after we get the previous lightsaber duel is a great standoff between Balin and Ahsoka. Um, the way that Balin kind of wields his lightsaber, I was trying to think of who it reminded me of most. It, it's it's a very, like, I kept thinking in my mind, like, William Wallace. The way that William mm. Wallace holds a sword in everything I've ever seen him depicted in. Or just anyone, like, in, you know, 12th, 11th century England or Scotland. Like, this mm -hmm. very broad sword that they keep close to their body and they kind right, of yeah. move it like this right it's almost was, how balin was using his lightsaber yeah i was thinking more like albert pujols um <laughs> yeah yeah there you go to tie it into another sports reference yeah <laughs> yeah but you're right i mean it was definitely a, a different stance you know that he was taking and i feel like whenever ahsoka is up against some of her opponents she almost adapts her style to whatever they're doing you know so I mean, that's the way that I feel like the Rosario Dawson and the, the this this version of Ahsoka is a much more thoughtful, a much more, you know, what how do I get through this next battle, you know? And I feel like they they kind of direct it, the, the show where, you know, you see Ahsoka's reaction to a lot of these things, a lot of these fights. And I know nothing about samurai stances. I know nothing about fighting or anything like that. But that's kind of the, the, the vibe that I get is that whenever she is up against somebody formidable like Balin, um, she's she has to lock it in and understand and adapt to who she's fighting. Yeah. Yeah, Morocco is child's play to yeah. you know, compared to Balin. The first thing Balin actually says to Ahsoka, uh, you know, before they even start before they ignite their lightsabers is Anakin spoke highly of you. And then she almost like a little bit sheepishly is like Interesting. Anakin never even mentioned you. <laughs> that is the snips we know and love right there. Yeah, which is like very much a callback to young Ahsoka, as you said. Yeah, I, that's what I thought of, at least when I heard it. I was like, ah, that feels like Clone Wars Ahsoka. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then again, to go back to sort of the concept of Balin being this character who I enjoy because of the intrigue around him, 
Um, he has this great line that he says to Ahsoka that one must destroy in order to create, which a, a franchise, a game franchise that I played growing up was the Assassin's Creed franchise. And this was kind of the whole dilemma between the two sides in that franchise is there's the good guys, the assassins who want kind of to promote this idea of, uh, you know, the best achievable outcome through people just being able to do uh, what they what they please outside of this control or sense of uh, destroying something in order to create. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Templar side who uh, is more so about like order through control. Or, or in other words, like destroying or breaking things down in order to rebuild them the way they want them. And that's kind of what I'm getting as well here in this, mm-hmm. in this dynamic. Um, so again, it's vague enough and it leaves me wanting to know more about Balin. He, if you haven't gathered that, he's <laughs> probably my... Is that fair to say? Favorite character of this show? Sounds like it. I mean, I love Ahsoka, don't get me wrong, but Balin is the most surprising to me so far, how much I've, I've loved that character. Uh, but as a process of, of this lightsaber fight, it's a great duel. Um, it goes on for a little bit. There's even like a little bit of a stare down before it even begins, and uh, eventually, throughout the duel, Ahsoka is attempting to dislodge the map from the little stand. And actually, this is an interesting duel because it's one of the few times we actually see her fight with only a single lightsaber mm-hmm. as opposed to using both her blades. And eventually, she is able to dislodge the map and in the process sort of burns her hand uh, as she grabs it. And this leaves me thinking, you know, how much is the imprint of the map going to be on her hand? Is this going to be how she ah. like tries to go back and find Ezra and Sabine at this point? Um, that remains to be seen. Maybe they'll touch on that in the next episode, but uh, at the conclusion of the fight, Sabine is, uh, she is kind of taking care of, she's, you know, she's taking care of Shin and, and she's got the, the blaster pointed at, at uh, Balin as he's like standing over the edge of this cliff, like, you know, getting ready to strike down Ahsoka, uh, and eventually does not strike her down, but makes contact with her lightsaber, which forces her to fly off the cliff. Which we'll later talk about that this is somehow a portal which got her to the world between worlds. Uh, and then there's this, perhaps the most unexpected part of the episode, the Sabine and Balin dialogue, mm-hmm. where. Balin takes this almost passive stance um, and, and tries to persuade her with words rather than any other means or methods. And, and is successful in doing so, surprisingly. As we were watching, we're like, no, she's not going to give it to him, yeah, is she? Right. And then she does. She hands over the map to Balin uh, because he really persuades <laughs> her using the idea of her love for Ezra. Um, as this means of, you know, if you destroy that, you're never going to see him again. And, and this is goes back to the conversation Ahsoka and uh, Sabine had about Ezra. That uh, Sabine really never fully believed in that thing that Ahsoka was saying, that sometimes mm-hmm. we have to make sacrifices for our personal feelings. Um, so much so that, she, you know, she is willing to give up the thing that will bring Thrawn back if it means getting Ezra back. Which, in terms of the storyline, I guess is... I guess is kind of the direction that it needs to go in order right. for us to get to Ezra and Thrawn. But it was just interesting to see the way that it did having Sabine more or less like join Balin, even if it's a temporary uh, 
thing in order to gain access to Ezra. So um, throughout this process, Balin reinstalls the map. The hyperspace coordinates are completed after being stalled out at like 50% for a while <laughs> during a portion of the fight. Uh, and then, interestingly, Balin destroys the map. So this, you know, in, in theory, is preventing anyone from following them. And I think he even says at this moment, no one will follow us. Menacingly, he says this, too. It was like, ooh, dang. Like, where they're going, are they even coming back sort of thing? Right. Or how will they get back? That's another question without the map. So, I don't know. Maybe if they plot a hyperspace coordinates they can get back to where they came from i'm not exactly sure how that works but. yeah that's how the that's how my uh my car play gps works you just you know return back to original <laughs> location right exactly it functions exactly the same <laughs> in the star wars universe believe it or not uh meanwhile during this time hera and the crew of i believe it was five pilots arrive on the scene and and uh they realize that the hyperspace ring is about to make the jump with them sort of in the path of it which would be kind of a very daunting thought to have as you're realizing it's happening. Uh, and, and it does happen, believe it or not. And I believe it's three pilots they lose. Uh, Carson Teva makes it out. Thank God. We all, Ooh. we would, we went off our brow. On if that you one. watch the reaction, you and I were having a little bit of anxiety seeing like, what is actually going to happen here? There's no way that this is the end of Hera or Captain Carson or Jason. Right. Well, initially we thought it was like, are they going to like, are they going to kill off Hera? <laughs> and then we're like, no, Jason's on there. They wouldn't do that. There's no so way. The, ne the next person we were like was, oh no, is Captain Carson gone? <laughs> uh, but yeah, they make the jump. We don't really see, we don't see Balin, Sabine, uh, Morian, or Shin the rest of the episode after they, uh, after they make that jump. But we do see someone pretty cool that uh, happens in the final three minutes of the episode or so. We see Ahsoka kind of awaken in this dreamlike trance sort of state. Uh, and we realize after about, you know, 15 seconds and the camera pans out that she's standing on what looks like sort of this space-like platform, uh, almost composed of light in a way. And if you're familiar with Rebels and if you've watched especially the a fourth season of Rebels, you will understand almost immediately that this is the world between worlds. And again, 20-second refresher. If you haven't seen Rebels and you're like, what the heck is that? Um, it is this place that Ezra enters and as a process is able to kind of like see between time or throughout time uh, and discovers this especially when he reaches through time. This is probably not the way Dave Filoni would describe it, but more or less reaches through this portal through time, saves Ahsoka from Anakin or Darth Vader at the time. Um, and that is sort of the process for initially how they discover how the world between worlds works. It's not time travel, but it is somewhere time <laughs> travel adjacent. <laughs> right. And we really don't even understand the mechanics of how it works great at this point in time. So there is still a lot to be learned in that regard. But of course, the the moment, at least for me, uh, the moment of the episode comes in the last 10 seconds when you begin to hear this voice. You're like, is that Anakin? And then you're like, I think that is Anakin. You know, you hear this, uh, someone calling Ahsoka snips. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, that is Anakin. And then you see him, and actually it's Hayden Christensen portraying him, uh, almost in like this aged down version, which mm -hmm. looks, how did you think it looked, first of all? 
I'm not a huge fan of de aging. <laughs> to be, if I'm yeah. going to be honest, it I I understand that you know you, it needs to be done maybe, but sometimes I just don't feel like we're quite there yet where it looks like perfect. So or maybe it's because I know how he looks now. Yeah, I'm like that doesn't look like him now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I understand again the the function around it, but I mean, it was fine. <laughs> Isn't that interesting with de-aging how the human eye is so just like our brains are so tuned in a way where if we see something that doesn't quite look fully mm-hmm. human we can just immediately recognize that right right there was some element of that to hayden's face in this uh last you know 15 seconds of the episode it's just i don't know i find that stuff interesting personally mm-hmm. this one i feel like didn't look as good i don't know if you saw the new indiana jones movie i'm not the yet first no. The first 10 minutes of the movie is a DH Harrison Ford. Okay. Which I think looked a little bit better than this DH Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, progress to be made in the yeah. uh, de-aging category. Maybe it'll look perfect 15 years from now. Who knows? Right. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Anakin comes on the screen. Everyone and their mom is like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, what is that's so cool. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. Yep. And so we're left with all these thoughts of, you know, is this like actually Anakin? Is what Ahsoka is seeing real? Is Anakin going to help her? And if he's not real, is this a figment of her imagination that's going to hinder her in some way? Uh, you're just not really sure what direction we're going to be going at the beginning of episode five, uh, which is partially what makes the next beginning of next episode so exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just so many different directions they could go. Are we going to get to see, you know, a revised a series of events from the past, like Order 66. Right. I mean, there's so many different directions we could go from here. Yeah. I think the... Well, one thing I wanted to mention was when she realized it was Anakin, she, like, softened a bit. I don't know if you if you felt that. Yeah. But when she heard, you know, him say snips, she turns around and calls him Anakin. I mean, this is already after everything that they've been through with them fighting, you know, and she knows who Darth Vader is and everything like that. So I I think, I don't know. I just, I, the way that they shot this was just beautiful. I loved it because, um, because like I said, you know, you saw a younger Ahsoka almost too, you know, maybe not the DH version, but you, the, the connection to her former master, you know, it was, it was, it just was right there. So, I don't know. I really just I really enjoy that and to think of the possibilities of where to go. And also, oh yeah, we should mention that also the the episode ends with the Vader um music as well. Yes. So, yeah. what does that mean? You you know, you you're saying like what does this all mean? Like where are we in time? What Anakin is this? And I right. I think we even mentioned like the last time Ahsoka was in the wor- world between wars, uh world between worlds was when when Ezra pulled her into it, did mm-hmm. Anakin do it this time? Did, you know, did, I mean, I can't imagine her luckily falling into a portal. You know, <laughs> I feel like you know someone again had to pull her into you know into it. And was it Anakin that did it? You know, I, I kind of like that theory. So I mean, there's so much that um, there's so so much uh, excitement going around the last like 15 seconds of this episode. I don't know, man. The cliffs of Cetos have all kinds of weird portals just laying around on. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think it does make more sense that someone brought her there. 
and it then then it, she just randomly like lucked into falling into it. I don't feel like I feel like that would they would have to try pretty hard to get me on board with that explanation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it like you said, it does make more sense that someone brought her there, whether that was Anakin or someone else that we don't know who that would be at this point. But right, that I I haven't been this excited about Star Wars in a long time. Right, yeah. Like the next five days are gonna feel so long until the next episode <laughs> begins, but uh, I'm looking forward to it very, very much. Um, so all all that being said, there is a lot of intrigue when it comes to, uh, particularly the characters of Balin and Finn. We really we really still don't have a great grasp on what their motivations are. Now we have separation between Ahsoka and Sabine. How is Ahsoka going to reconnect with Sabine? How is Sabine going to move forward, having not only damaged her relationship with Ahsoka, but, you know, trying to get to Ezra? Uh, and will she get to Ezra? You know, that remains to be seen. Likely, I would assume we're going to see Thrawn in next week's episode, too. That's something we really didn't even talk about that much yeah. in this episode right. that uh, is definitely worth noting, that we're finally going to get to see him live in action probably next week. Uh, and then, of course, as we've just talked about, Anakin appearing at the end of the episode, and it's just like I yeah. I don't know if my my brain can take much more of this. So, <laughs> um, looking forward to what Dave you know, has in store for us next week. It's it's gonna be so amazing. I feel like that's pretty safe to say. Right. Uh, whether it can top episode four, that'd be actually pretty impressive if it can. But well, I've got like for that. you got like ten more minutes, right? So it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 10 more minutes of, uh, of great Ahsoka content. Okay, we've covered the episode. We've talked about a lot of the individual uh, things that have happened. If you had to pick a moment from the episode that stood out to you <clears throat> as perhaps your favorite, what would you say? I mean, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit cheeky here and just say lightsaber battles. <laughs> just, <laughs> they, were, they were all just so cool. I don't care. You know, the, uh, you, know the, you had quite a few of them. You had the one with Ahsoka in the beginning with the droids. You had... Um, Ahsoka and Sabine versus Marak and Shin. And then, of course, you have the uh, Ahsoka and Balin one at the, at the end there. So, you know, start that's Star Wars, man. Lightsabers, you know, as much as, you know, that uh, Zack Snyder film has a lightsaber and Rebel Moon, you know, <laughs> you know, there's a reason because they're so cool, you know, and I think it's actually the, a light sword, Joey. It's a light sword. Yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's an illuminated sword is what it is. Illumination right? swords yeah. and, and Rebel Moon. Yeah. So I mean, just to uh, just to see that all again in a, in a Star Wars show, it's just so fun. It, it brings me back to my childhood, and and they keep showing things that I feel like I haven't seen before. You know, just like little little things, like yeah, the way Ahsoka, you know, had the lightsaber in that one droid's head while doing the Force to another. You know, just like little things like that. Just they're they're just exciting to watch. What about you? What was your uh, favorite thing? Uh, I will go with something we just spoke about, but I'm going to go with the Anakin reveal. Yeah. I just, I, again, have not been that excited seeing him on screen uh, about Star Wars than I have in a long time. Right. Uh, this reveal was just, it was everything to me. I mean, this is this is tying Ahsoka directly back, not only to her master, but really just to the prequel era in a very tangible way of seeing prequel era Anakin on the screen, yeah. uh, which also something we didn't really mention. I've seen all kinds of weird theories when it comes to the, his appearance in particular. Mm. Um, 
mainly his hand and his lightsaber. Oh. Okay. I guess, and, and I may be misremembering this. This is all secondhand information from various internet sources, but um, I think, I think, and if I'm wrong in this, correct me down in the YouTube comments for anyone listening, but I think he doesn't have the mechanical hand oh. uh, in this scene, which is something someone noted. Um, and then I think his lightsaber, someone zoomed in on the hilt. And I think there's a little bit of disagreement as to whether it's the Vader hilt or the mm. Anakin hilt from the prequel era. Wow. So Keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I don't know how much of a... <clears throat> Or uh, or do it will make in the or, end. I was but... about to say, or do what I'll do and just wait, wait for it to come yeah. out next year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, the the Anakin reveal is just he is going to likely. Well, maybe I even should. I shouldn't even say likely. My guess is that he will somehow be a conduit for Ahsoka to seeing into either the past or alternate timelines, or maybe more generally and vaguely into these portals where she'll see something i don't really know right, what yeah, yet yeah. and i don't even really care to speculate too much because yeah, i just I'm wanna, the same i just want to be surprised that i want to like see it and be like oh that's so cool uh so the anakin reveal was was definitely my favorite part of the episode personally which means there's only really one left uh one thing left to do for this episode is our gradings of the episodes um I actually, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You can go first this time. Okay. Um, I hesitate to ever give anything a ten out of ten. But I gave was it episode one? one. I gave a nine point five, I think. Uh, and I liked this more than episode one. Not that episode one again was bad. I loved it, but this was far and away again my favorite. I think it's safe to say my favorite Star Wars content since two thousand five. Um, including the lightsaber battles, probably my favorite <laughs> lightsaber battles since 2005. So having said all of that, uh, coupled with just a great story and incredible characters, I, I think I have to give it a 10. Um, yep. And then maybe episode five could be an 11. <laughs> yeah. So I I'll go with a 10 out of 10. I'm not ashamed to say that this was a dang near perfect episode for me. Yep. I agree. I would agree on the 10 as well. It had everything. It had a great story. It had the, you know, the mystery behind, you know, what, what, uh, what's going to happen at the end of the episode with Anakin and everything. It had the lightsaber fight. It had a, it had everything. It had, and I loved it so much. This was Star Wars, like I said, ten out of ten. And like you said, we don't know what you know next week is going to bring. If it's going to be even better. Listen, we've seen at least two people get. Um, lightsabers through their bodies and survive. So I can give something an eleven out of ten if that's if that's the case. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be shocked if we end up liking episode five more than episode four. I, I think agree. with again with Dave at the helm, that that seems like a pretty a pretty probable scenario. So right. Here's to hoping episode five will be equally, if not even more enjoyable than episode four was. Um, and again, let us know down in the comments of the YouTube video or tweet at us uh, or send us an Instagram DM your feelings about the Ahsoka uh, episode four outcomes just and everything about it in regards to or just even if you want to say hi, as Joey mentioned earlier on in the hey, episode. Uh, again, also worth mentioning that 
as we prepare for the 50th episode of Hoth Hangout, the one-year anniversary coming up here in about two weeks or so. Uh, if you want to shoot us any messages, thoughts, questions, anything that you'd like us to discuss or break down on the podcast, you're more than welcome to uh, send us one of those over at any of our socials, or you can email us hothangout at gmail.com. And again, just say if you even if you want to say hi, it's great too. Um, we will be back here, same time, same place, next week to cover the fifth episode of Ahsoka, the the great one, as I hope it will someday be known. Um, and and we are very much excited and looking forward to doing that. Uh, make sure if you haven't caught any of our reactions to the episodes and you want to go back through and watch some of those, uh, definitely check those out as well. And of course, be sure to be subscribed to the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel as well as the uh, socials at Hoth Hangout on TikTok, Instagram, and X. X. And if you are a audio podcast listener, you can check us out on Spotify and Apple. Leave a five-star review. We would very much appreciate that as well. And again, special shout out to producer Gibbo for everything he does for the Hoth Hangout podcast, including uh, creating a lot of the behind the scenes stuff like the images and videos and whatnot. And uh, as Joey has noted in our show notes for laughing at us when we say we're going to finish an episode in an hour and then we go an hour and 14 minutes like this episode <laughs> currently is. So uh, we we appreciate and love you, Gibbo. Joey, any last thoughts on the fourth episode of Ahsoka or what you're looking forward to from the rest of the show? No, I'm, I, this is the best Star Wars that we've seen in a long, long time, and I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to be a part of this show to talk about it and be a part of the Star Wars community. All the excitement going everywhere, and now we're going to have it in the movies right now, in the movie theaters. I mean, this is, this is the time to be a Star Wars fan, and I, I hope everyone's enjoying the ride. Yes, it is indeed. Isn't that fun? Is this a fun sentence that you just said? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan, that's for sure. Well, shout out to George Lucas. Shout out to Dave Filoni. Shout out to awesome lightsaber fights and RIP to Maroc. Uh, not forgotten. Oh, seven. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate each and every single one of you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hoth Hangout podcast. And we'll catch it in the next one. May the force be with you.